You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this special edition to round out 2019 with the five best books that I've read this year. It is the last week of December when this goes live. Obviously, if you're listening in the future, then hi, what's it like over there? But this episode goes live on the 30th of December. So what better way to round out the last episode of 2019 than with the best five books that I've read this year. Now, these weren't all books that were out this year. In fact, I don't think think any one of them was actually a book that was released this year. But they're all books that I have immersed myself in during 2019. Some of them have featured on the podcast already and I'll let you know where you can listen to more about those. Before we start, though, a massive thank you to you. For listening throughout the year whenever you join maybe this is the first episode you've listened to in which case hi welcome normally on each episode i'll be sharing the three big ideas from the best non-fiction books i've been reading obviously this episode is a little bit different and a bit special as it is the end of the year and the idea or the the vision i have for the podcast is to help busy ambitious people learn during their commutes so the episodes are short form and of 15 to 20 minutes max and I, like I said, I share the three big ideas or the three most important ideas that I've found from reading some of the best non-fiction books and doing the reading so you don't have to. A very special thank you to Vez, to Rachel, Sean, Leanne, Nat and Darian. I know you've been listening since the beginning. I very much appreciate you and your support. So thanks very much for carrying on through throughout the year. You are the best. And for those of you who have dropped me messages throughout the year, who have connected with me on LinkedIn or on Instagram and have told me that you've been listening to the podcast, particularly if you've been commuting and letting me know which books have been your favourite and which ones you've picked up some new ideas from, thank you again. You are awesome. But love fest over. Let's get into the best or a different kind of love fest, the best books that I've read in 2019. Now, first of all, it was hard enough picking the the best five books never mind putting them in any kind of order so don't be taking this as any kind of ranking they're just a random selection of the five in any or no particular order first on the list is grit by angela duckworth this was featured in episode 46 i'll put a link in the show notes so you can go back and listen to that one grit really made me reevaluate what it is that makes people successful and not just that but how to foster this in myself It made me realize that I am not very gritty or there's a few things or quite a few things in my life that I have not been very gritty about and I have probably given up a bit too early and not focused on the long-term thinking that is required for grit to to happen and for long-term results to manifest themselves. The case studies were excellent and I really enjoyed getting into and actually the, the discomfort that this book gave me around thinking about a few things that I might need to adjust in my own life to make sure that as I progress through my career and business, etc., that I put a bit more attention onto my longevity and how long I stick with something, the stickiness of tasks and skills. So that was Grit by Angela Duckworth, episode 46, if you want to find out more. The second book on my list is Good to Great. Now, this one hasn't actually been covered in the podcast yet. It will be coming up probably early 2020 by Jim Collins. It is a classic. And while some there is some criticism around some of the case studies in the book, there's a couple of banks in there that have proven not to be so great, shall we say, and maybe not even good. But that said, there is lots to think about in there around hedgehogs and focusing on your core business. 
It gives loads of examples on discipline, on culture and on decision making. It really is essential reading and it gave me lots to think about, kind of similar in, in a similar way to grit actually in thinking about what is your core business? What are you what are you great at? What could you be the best in? And one of the questions in there is what could you be the best in the world at? Which I loved as a thought provoker for making decisions. Is this getting you closer to where you want to go or your goal or your vision? So some really great lessons in there. It's very readable. I really enjoyed it. I've also read Built to Last, which was the predecessor from Good to Great. I found Built to Last was really good, but much harder to get into. And I think Good to Great covers a lot of the good stuff from Built to Last. Like I said, episode will be coming up in 2020. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that one. But that was Good to Great by Jim Collins. The third book that I read this year that I really loved was I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. Not only is Remy quite hilarious when it comes to his writing and particularly on a topic such as finance, which or personal finance in particular, which can be a little bit dry and dull. He does take quite a different approach to to the topic too. It's the book I took the most actions away from and put into place immediately around my own personal finance and how I'm organizing various things. It's something I still think about and I'm still actioning and using those actions and lessons six months after reading the book. Now I read this, I read it pretty quickly because it's very readable and and again, even for a topic that is as heavy as some may see it as personal finance, he writes in a really accessible way. And that's kind of the idea. He's saying that this shouldn't be, this stuff shouldn't be a mystery. It shouldn't be something you're having to learn later on in life. But unfortunately, because of our, the way we're taught these things, the, the mindsets we pick up around money and the education system as it stands, we're not being taught these things early on. Now, don't find the title off-putting. I know that this is something that a few people have struggled to get past because it sounds like a massive con. That's kind of, in in some ways, the the tongue-in-cheek idea of it. But the real people included in the book and in the testimonials part who took the original version of this, which was 10 years ago in 2009, so this was the re-release with a few updates. The people who 10 years ago implemented those things have had fantastic results. And this isn't some get-rich-quick thing. A lot of it is about long-term thinking financially, and how to generate solid income through different means. Like I said, this isn't some get get rich quick thing. This isn't something that's a big fad. It is really sensible financial advice. Now I talked about this a little bit more in episode 27. So go back and listen to that. Link is in the show notes if you wanna find out more and some of the tips and hints I took away. But it's one that if you're, particularly if you're thinking about getting finances in order, making a bit more money and generally improving your financial health in 2020, could not recommend it more. So that was I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. Book number four was Quiet by Susan Cain. My mind was blown by this book, particularly around the neurological differences between introverts and extroverts and how this plays out in everyday scenarios regarding stimulation. Because a lot of the difference between introverts and extroverts is what stimulates them and and more importantly, what overstimulates them. It really gave me a new empathy for the introverts in my life and a few things that I'd either written off as personal quirks or things that sometimes would just seemed a bit annoying about some of the introverts that I maybe live with, for example, are actually differences in how our brains are wired. So this has given me a new understanding, a new empathy, a new appreciation that introverts and extroverts just bring different things and operate in different ways. And that's not a bad thing. So if you would like to understand yourself or others, then I would highly recommend Quiet. I heard Susan talking about this recently on a podcast and she was saying that 
apparently more extroverts have got more out of this book so whilst introverts like it because it helps them make sense of themselves and why they seem to sometimes feel a bit different and a bit left out of our modern rhetoric and the extrovert ideal it's actually been more beneficial and I can certainly attest to that for extroverts who want to better understand the people in their teams and their lives and their families who have a more introverted nature so that's Quiet by Susan Cain by the way, I covered that one in episode 40 if you'd like to learn a little bit more. Finally, book number five was When by Daniel Pink. And I loved this book. It was just really different. It also includes the Nappuccino, which is a pun that I wish I had come up with myself. Covered in episode 45 where you can learn more about what the Nappuccino is. But it was just such a different take on productivity. And productivity is probably my favourite topic of non-fiction book, if you haven't already realised given that some of my favourite books include Atomic Habits by James Clear and then When by Daniel Pink. And it's really focusing on when to do certain things versus how or what, which a lot of t- uh, a lot of productivity books tend to focus on. It re-emphasised that the way, it re-emphasised to me that the way we work doesn't work because we're often trying to force ourselves to do certain tasks at times that are fundamentally not, or we are not designed to be best at those types of tasks at those kind of times including things like working for 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 hours straight. It's not something our brains are adjusted and adapted and built for. I devoured this one. I just, I couldn't stop recommending it to people and talking about it. Some of the examples and the case studies in there, because they are they're such different stories and examples and studies compared to a lot of other productivity books. We, when Especially when you read quite a lot, you see a lot of the same stories and examples recycling through different books and, and titles. So if you want to find out when you'll do your best creative work versus your best analytical work, or how to design your day in a different way, then I absolutely recommend When by Daniel Pink. It does pair quite nicely, I'd say, with Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yes, still on a bit of a love fest with that book. And especially if you're thinking about getting more done and and working in a smarter way in 2020, I recommend reading those books together. Now, I covered that one in episode 45. Link in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to that one. Now, because it's my podcast and my rules, I'm going to include two more wild cards, which were pretty close. I almost included these in this list, but they just missed out. The first one was Tiger Woods biography and one again that I just could not stop reading. It was fascinating. It's also one that I've gifted a couple of times this year and to people who have also really enjoyed it. It's a pretty bleak look at what happens when you are pushed into something in maybe not the healthiest way by a parent at a very young age. And particularly if you're in an environment where you are quite isolated from other people. So it's a really interesting look at what made the man and what's happened in the meantime and some of the stories that maybe we're not aware of. Again, there's a little bit of criticism because it was done through interviews and it was a biography. Tiger Woods didn't have anything to do with it. So obviously there's this is potentially uh, certain sides of stories. But that said, regardless, it is incredibly interesting and one I would recommend. The other one that almost made it on the list is one I've actually only just finished in the last week, which was Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull. Ed was the one of the founders of Pixar, and it was a really interesting look at how he built, or him and the team built Pixar, how they built the culture, how they built an environment where they had hit after hit after hit, and how they created the way that, or the way that they worked, so that that kind of creativity could not just 
survive but thrive and and really take the industry in a new direction. If you think about films such as Toy Story, which was really their their first hit, it was pivotal in what happened to movies after that. It's a bit of a longer read. There's a probably could have been a bit shorter if I am being critical, but the messages in there and the lessons are really really interesting and a really fascinating look at what it takes to build a company like Pixar and a creative culture such as the one that Pixar has. So there we go. There's my two wild cards. If you didn't like it the first five, give those two a little go. Creativity Inc. will be on the podcast later next year. So that's me. 2019 wrapped up in five, kind of, okay, maybe seven top books of the year. Let me know, did these cover your top books of the year? What were your favorite reads from 2019? What have you got on your list for 2020? I'd love to hear from you. LinkedIn or Instagram are the best ways to contact me. Links are in the show notes as usual. But otherwise, until next year, happy reading. Bye.